But I'm I'm super excited tonight because we're kicking off a new um, sermon series. It's called Alamo Stone at the Movies. And so the concept is every week someone up here will speak. They'll kind of give a little brief introduction or so about a movie, popular movie. Hopefully it'll be one that you are familiar with. If not, that's okay because they'll give you enough of a description to segue into the scriptures. Uh, and so we're going to do that tonight with the Incredibles. And if so, if you have, have your Bibles handy, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <coughs> and and my family and I do want to thank you guys who made it out last night. Like, we had a huge turnout. It was a lot of fun. Um, we just And I'll speak about that a little bit later on. We just love doing that. So thank you guys um, for coming over. <coughs> um, but if you watch the movie, uh, it's just... It, it is just full of these spiritual themes um, and, and parallels to the scripture. It's almost like someone took 1 Corinthians 12 and sent it to Disney Pixar and said, make this into a kid's movie. Like it's that, it's 1 Corinthians 12 kind of come to life in an in a action, you know, adventure kind of way. And so uh, like I'm super excited and, and I hope I can, you know, adequately convey some of those spiritual truths to you tonight because um, I'm just I'm, I'm a little amped up as you could probably tell my it, it is the best not just the best Disney Pixar movie it's the best superhero movie of all time if you haven't seen it trust me uh, if you have seen it and you disagree you'll feel differently when we're done speaking tonight all right all right so first Corinthians uh, chapter 12 um, but let me open this up in a word of prayer father God we thank you for this time together tonight with the Alamo Stone family um, God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, encourage us, empower us. Lord, let us know um, just how uh, powerful and amazing the spirit that lives inside of us truly is. So we can experience that in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So if you're, if you're not familiar with the movie, I'll give you uh, some background. So it's, it's a superhero movie, right? So it starts off in the times where superheroes exist and so there's a great variety of, of superheroes different names different costumes all that stuff and they you know have different powers um but mr incredible his his name is his alter ego is bob Parr, right he's he's out um doing a variety of things uh saving you know guys who get mugged and all kinds of things like that um and what happens is he he you know commits one act of heroism and he looks up and there's lights flashed up to the top of this building and uh, there's a businessman who's leaping from the building to take his own life. So Mr. Credible, he gets like a running start. He runs and he jumps and he catches the guy midair. They crash through the window of the next building across the street. The guy ends up with a, uh, an injury. And so he ends up suing the government, the city, the government, uh, for the injury he sustained, even though he obviously was still alive to do that. right? Um, and so the government decides, okay, you can no longer be a superhero. Like we cannot take the losses, financial losses of you know being sued, and so you can no longer be superheroes. So all the superheroes have to live in anonymity, and so they just assume the lives of just these ordinary um, you know citizens. And so here you see you know Mr. Incredible who gets to do all these amazing things or could, except now he has to be Bob Parr, right? So he lives in the suburbs. You can see him at his desk. He works for an insurance company. Um, and, and he's absolutely miserable living this life. He's just, he's frustrated. He's angry. 
he has this little tyrant of a of a boss who just lectures him and uh, makes his life miserable, and he really sees no purpose or value in in life. And I have to tell you, that's one of the reasons why I I love this movie. It's because of the truth right here that we see in Bob Parr's life, which is we were created for so much more than the nine to five. Like just going to work, making the paychecks, we can pay the mortgage and pay the bills and buy food. Like we were created for so much more than that. And that's why I, I absolutely uh, love this movie. Um, and so we're actually going to start with a, a little video clip that I have for you. So this is, this is Bob when he's just coming home from a horrible day at the office. His little tyrant boss like chewed him out. He sees the guy get mugged. He can't go out there to rescue him. Like he has this power, this energy inside of him, and he can't fulfill it because he can't be what he was created to be. And so this is the day that he comes home from work. Like, do you ever feel that way with life? You're just frustrated. You're, you're angry, you know? And, and so, because I can tell you, like, I've been there. You might be there right now. I, I don't know where you are. And there might be a few reasons. Uh, one might be because the job that you left to go home, like, you thought you were going to find fulfillment in that job that you left. Or fulfillment and satisfaction in the home that you were, that you pulled up into the driveway. Right, you know, we have this great relationship with crew, and and uh, over the years, as as students graduate, uh, especially the guys that I you know get to know and do life with, I got to tell you, it's it's pretty consistent that when they go into the workforce, they leave the college campus and and crew ministry, and they go into the corporate world. There's a struggle. There's a common struggle there. Is this all there is to life? Like, is this my life from here on out? How, how do I live the Christian life in the real world, right? And so um, I, I can tell you, I, I've been in that situation where you just, you know you have so much inside of you that, that you, you want to do in life, and you can't. Because Mr. Incredible knows, Bob Parnos, he was created for so much more than the simple, safe, suburban life. He was created for so much more than the American dream, right? He's got a, did you see it? Beautiful ranch house, two-car garage, wonderful family. But he knows there's more to life than that. And you know it, and I know it too. So if you look at these pictures, the question I want to ask you right now is like, which one of those most represents your life? Are you more like Mr. Incredible? Like, is life exciting and thrilling? Or are you bored and playing it safe? Maybe even wondering, like, why you're even here on this earth. You see, here's the, here's the deal. We all are like Bob. Like, we have this, well, let me, if you're in Christ, you have this power that lives inside of you. Because you were created to be a super. That's what they call it in the movie. Like the superheroes are called supers. We were all created to be supers. Created by the creator to serve and to save the world. And our creator has given us supernatural powers to do it. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes about these superpowers, these supernatural powers we've been given. They're called spiritual gifts. 
1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. In other words, like, listen up, I want to clarify some things for you. Now skip down to verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. And there are varieties of efforts, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the, by the one Spirit. And to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one in, individually, just as he wills. So we have these supernatural powers called spiritual gifts. And did you notice where they come from? They come from the Holy Spirit. In fact, I want you to, hopefully you have your Bibles with you and uh, something to mark with. Underline these phrases. Verse 4, at the end, the same Spirit. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit. Thank you, Kevin. See, there's a brother who has to get the service right there. I don't have the gift of wisdom all the time. Put this on first, then I'll turn it on. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Verse 4, the same Spirit. Verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit. Verse 8, through the Spirit and the same Spirit. Verse 9, by the one Spirit. And also in verse 9, by the one Spirit. Verse 11, the one and the same Spirit. Paul does not want us to be unaware. That's what he says in verse 1. It's kind of a double negative. So let me state it positively. Paul wants you to be very aware. He wants you to clearly understand what he's saying about spiritual gifts, and it's this. We have supernatural gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit. He, not it, but He, the Holy Spirit, empowers us with supernatural gifts for a specific purpose. Did you catch that? Look in verse 7. For the common good. Our gifts are given to us primarily to build up the body of Christ, the church, and secondarily to serve the good of humanity. Just how powerful is the spirit that lives inside of us? Romans 8.11 says this, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So think about that for a moment. The Holy Spirit who performed the greatest miracle in all of history, raising a dead Jesus Christ back to life, lives inside of you and inside of me if you are in Christ. And it's not just to, to give us eternal life, but it's to give us an abundant life here on earth. Could you imagine having that kind of like power living inside of you? Alive. And not using it. 
See, that's Bob Parr. Using it is Mr. Incredible. So, you might have not have to imagine what it's like to not use it because, again, I'm not sure where you are right now. That might be where you are. And, and in it, we just see this amazing truth that if you are not living by the Spirit, if you're not using your supernatural gifts, then you are frustrated. Life is boring. You become, you know, kind of angry. You might even question your own existence. Our vision here at Alamo Stone is to make disciples who glorify God by pursuing His unique calling on your life. We, we know God has a unique calling in your life. Here's the great thing. He's empowered you to do it, to fulfill it. He's empowered you with superpowers. You are super. And we want to help you achieve that. And in the movie, it's, it's not even just Bob who is frustrated over his inability to live life as a superhero. You might remember the scene where Dash gets in trouble, right? Helen, uh, Elastigirl. By the way, in case you haven't seen the movie, Mr. Credible and Elastigirl are superheroes. Uh, they end up being romantic and they get married and they have three kids. There's Dash, who's really fast. There's Violet, who can uh, create a force field and she can make herself invisible. And there's Dash Dash. So if you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to tell you what Dash Dash does yet. Um, I don't want, I'm sorry, Jack Jack, thank you. Because um, you find out in the end. But anyway, um, so Helen Parr, the last girl, she gets called to the school, and Dash is kind of in trouble. And, and what he did was uh, the teacher turned his back to the chalkboard, and Dash, like that, he ran and put a tackle on the teacher's chair, ran back to his seat. But he's so fast, like they have a security camera in the classroom, you don't even see him move. Like you don't even see him move. So he doesn't get in trouble at school, but he gets in trouble with mom because mom knows he uses superpowers, right, to play this joke on the teacher. And so they they get in the car, and it's not a video, it's just, I just have this picture. Like they get in the car, and and mom, Helen, Elastigirl, she and Dash are having this conversation. Because here's what's interesting. Helen, for whatever reason, she doesn't necessarily seem to mind being the suburban housewife and mom. Which is interesting because there's kind of chaos in the home. There's, there's, there's conflict. No one gets along. But she seems to be okay with that. She just wants to kind of like follow the rules. Let's obey the laws. Don't use your superpowers. And Dash is like his dad. He's frustrated. I know I got this in me. Why can't I do it? I want to play sports. And they have this little exchange that I'm going to read to you. And I just want you to think about like the spiritual significance of this conversation. The, the spiritual, like, living as a child of God in the world today, right? This is what Helen says. Right now, honey, the world just wants us to fit in. And to fit in, we just have to be like everybody else. And this, this is Dash's response. But Dad always said that our powers are nothing to be ashamed of. Our powers make us special. You see, Dash gets it. He knows that our Father in heaven has given us powers that make us special. And when we can't use them, we make that face right there. Like, that's it. Like, you just feel angry. Like, you just feel like you're dying inside. And I'm going to give you the, uh, like a real-life example. This is why I love this movie. Like, it, it's just the spiritual truths are so evident in this movie. We moved here in 2008. 
you know, and you know, when you move somewhere new and you're a believer, you want to you want to serve the body. Well, you got to find a church, right? And so, and that takes a while because look, church is on Sunday morning. So how? So you you know you know what it's like, right? You go visit a church, and for one reason or another, okay, that that I don't think that was it. Let's go to another church. Well, you got to wait seven more days, right? So this this process takes months, sometimes. So finally, we get settled in at a church. We really feel you know. Welcome there. We're serving. We're plugged in. My wife, of course, she's doing nursery stuff. I'm doing set-up, tear-down stuff. We're there for a few months. And I figure, okay, it, like it's time for me to make my move. Right? I'm going to insert myself here. So I asked the pastor, hey, do y'all have a men's ministry? Nope. Could I start up a men's ministry? Nope. That was my face, right? I drove home like this. Frustrated, like why do I have to wait? You know, and I get it. Like churches, like they want to be safe and sure that one, you you know, you follow their doctrine, that you're not going to be leaving in two weeks to go find another church. Like I, I totally get it. But there are times and circumstances where, for whatever reason, we don't get to exercise our gifts. I felt like Bob pulling the driveway, you know, slam the door and pick it up over my head, and it's frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. But here's the beautiful thing. There comes a time when that circumstance goes away. And you get to live out that calling that God has placed on your life. And the Spirit comes to life in you. And you get to serve the church, serve the community, save the world. And so we see it in the movie. So remember, it's it's against the law to be a superhero. But Bob gets a little secret message. So he sneaks off. He gets called to a remote volcanic island where he has to battle this really intelligent villain robot. And it's a tough match, but he wins. So this guy who, prior to that event, right, you, you see the movie, he's got no emotional connection to his wife. He's not engaged with his kids. He's just grumpy and irritable and frustrated. Well, now he's living through the power of the Spirit. And we're going to see this next video clip, how it changes his life and his demeanor. You see the difference in the two videos, right? One, he's not living, he can't live the life that God has called him to. And in that one, he's finally getting to live that. that and, and you can just see the difference it makes in his life. So remember, our, our first truth was you are a super. And here's the second one. Living the life of a super brings great joy. Why I love that movie is because I got like I don't look like Mr. Incredible. I'm very aware of my physical, you know, <laughs> appearance. But that that little clip right there, like just tells the story of my life today. Like, I mean it. Like, that is just how I feel. Because God has given us, and my family, right? Because God has given us opportunity to exercise the spiritual gifts he's given us. And I'm going to give you some, and not that you don't know these, because you do, because you live life with us, right? But my wife and I, we actually share two gifts. One is hospitality, and the other is compassion. And so last night, we had, I think I counted 25 
grown-ups, and I, I bumped the H out to 17 so I could count my wife, I mean my daughter as a grown-up. So 25 folks that are 17 or older and about 14 kids. Y'all were there, house full. And it was amazing. Like, it was just beautiful. Now, to someone who, like, just, if they were, like, just peeking, they might have just seen a bunch of, you know, people kind of sitting around watching the, an animated movie. But, like, if you were paying attention, like I was, your heart was joyful. Like, there were squeals and laughter and screams of Wanda Holly playing spoons. Or someone over there, I don't know who it was, but it was... It sounded like a fun but maybe dangerous game, so I didn't I didn't go venture over that way. Got to hear someone say a blessing over a young mother and her baby. Got to engage in conversations about manhood. Got to see from a few years ago a guy who was being discipled in college get reconnected with the guy who discipled him? Got to hear a guy talk about missing that camaraderie of of being involved in sports. You know, that brotherhood that you form with other coaches and players. Um, And there were other just really deep, meaningful conversations that, that took place. And look, I'm going to tell you, like, physically, we are both exhausted when that was over. And look, y'all, y'all left early. I think the last person left at, like, maybe 1030. But we're getting older, so we can't, you know, we can't stay. When we have the crew students over, it's a lot later than that. But while we were physically exhausted, like, spiritually, we were just overjoyed. Just overflowing with, it was like how you feel when you watch that video clip. You know, just that great excitement and Enjoy that comes to, to exercising your gifts. And you guys know, you know, the gift to us, gift of hospitality, the gift of compassion. Well, you saw the two kids that we have, the two foster kids right now. We've been fostering since December of 2016. And you might have noticed for paying attention that one of them is not the same kid that was here last time we had two boys with us. Because last Sunday, early in the morning, I had to drive one of them to the airport where he left to be united with his or reunited with his family and he called Clara Thursday, that same night Sunday night same day he left he calls my wife because he misses her so much and he's quiet on the phone like even when he was with us and he talked to him like he wouldn't say a whole lot and so he was kind of quiet on the phone with my wife and then the dad gets on the phone and, and tells Clara oh he, he wanted to call you he misses you guys so much he's got tears in his eyes right now and this is what the dad says. Do you think we could all come visit you sometime? <laughs> like that is life-giving Amen. reward right there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just uh, amazing. Uh, it's life-giving ministry. And, and I hope that that's the kind of life that you're experiencing today. Maybe you don't have the gift of hospitality or the gift of compassion. And that's probably a good thing. Because, look, if we all had those two gifts, we wouldn't be real effective in what we're doing. You know? In fact, uh, that leads us to the, the third truth for tonight, which is this. Supers need each other. Like, we need one another to be effective in ministry. Look, at, look down at verse 14. We're going to pick up there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14. 
For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, you and me, in the body, just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor, and our unseemly members come to have more abundant seemliness. Whereas our seemly members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. So we have different gifts just like we have different parts of the body, right? If we were all the eye, all we'd be able to do would be see. We wouldn't be able to do anything else. And so you might not have the gift of hospitality or compassion, but you do have other gifts that, you know, you bring to the church family. And and it's really interesting because that's a principle that we actually see in the movie The Incredibles. Because if Mr. Incredible is prone to a particular sin, you know what it is? It's pride. You see it a couple times in the movie? He wants to work alone. And if he's going to have any one of them, he wants it to be his, his best buddy, Frozone. Right? But actually, you might remember in the first part of the movie, he has a little kid show up in a, in a costume. He wants to be, you know, Robin to Batman. But Mr. Credible have none of it. Now, in some ways, I don't blame him because the boy's not really a superhero. He's got all these invented things that make him have powers. He's like Iron Man. He's not a real superhero. You know what I'm saying? He's, yeah. <laughs> and he, he literally ejects him out of the car. And even in the end, like in the final scene where they're in the city and the villainous robot has come back and he's bigger and stronger than before and... and and the evil villain syndrome is there, like it's, you know, it's this battle. What does Bob say? What does Mr. Kimball say? Honey, stay here. He's going to go do this by himself. Right? But he learns a great lesson because Elastigirl and the kids will not be denied. And what Mr. Kimball learns is we're a lot more effective when we work together as a family. Great spiritual truth there. Because look, as incredible as Mr. Incredible might be, you know what he can't do? He can't reach his hand all the way to the back and give Kevin a high five like Elastigirl can. He can't make a force field and put air conditioning inside like his daughter could and stay cool. He can't run circles really fast around the sanctuary and, and us not even see him like Dash can. He can't make ice with his hands and, and skate on it like Frozone can. 
right? So, but when you put all those gifts together, it makes for a really effective team. And that's not just like philosophical or conceptual. Like, that's true Christian living. So let me expand on that by going a little deeper about our gift of compassion through fostering. If Florida tried to do that in our kids, tried to foster kids without any help from the rest of the body, we would struggle mightily. And I don't think we could do it. And in doing that, you know what we can see? Like we can see all of the different gifts of the church family come together. Because here's the deal. I said a couple weeks ago, like it, it's not just us fostering. It's us fostering. We are a foster foster family as a church. And I'm going to give you some examples, and, and I, I'm a little hesitant to always name people because I'm always afraid I'm going to leave someone out. So if I leave you out, just forgive me. But the Borskis definitely have the gift of giving. I don't know if y'all know. They probably wouldn't even want y'all to know. Like they made embroidered towels, like had the names of the kids embroidered on beach towels and gave them to uh, the four siblings that we had. For other foster kids that we've had, they've, they've had bottles, like these really special, cool-looking water bottles for kids with their names on them. And, like, just think about that as a kid. Like, just how special that is to, to own something that looks so cool and has your name on it. But here's the other thing. Like, that's really special for us to see those things. Because it reinforces us that we, we are not in this alone. <laughs> You know, like, we have the strength of our church family behind us. And y'all know, last year, we had it. We were in a rough spot. Four kids, two, three, five, and six, and my wife has back surgery. Like, oh, man. But, but y'all were there with meals. Not even just meals. Groceries. An abundance of of groceries. Someone thought to take my wife off the off the nursery list. Not even just like for that time, but even even afterwards. You know, like just let's just remove her from from that duty. You know, the Edwards, the Hollies, the Rodriguez's, the Garretts, the Deborah, like Cronenbergers, like ev- everyone brought food for us. We were just overwhelmed with your love and support. Because we're a family. We can't all be the eye, you know? Like, we, we need, supers need one another. And look, I'm going to have to make this confession to y'all, and it, it pains me to tell you this. If you're here a couple weeks ago, we had a, a, a couple that came to visit with us, and they shared their story. We called them up here, we prayed over them, and we took up a collection for them. Now look... <clears throat> I told y'all I had to get to compassion. So we took a collection for them. We got scanned. I found out a few days later and I confirmed it today. We got scanned. See, we need each other because I have to get to compassion. I So I'm not like really into administration or don't, I don't necessarily have the gift of discernment. You know what I'm saying? Like I need someone to go west. You know what? Glad you're willing to do this, but here's the deal. We have a benevolence ministry that we have people in charge of that we need to direct needs to so we can make sure 
that we don't, as supers, get taken advantage of. Now listen, I, Rudy and I were talking about this before service. What we did that night was amazing. Regardless of what they did with the funds they received from Alamo Stone Church, what we did was amazing. But I'm going to be honest, we won't do it again. And I emailed a couple guys like, all right, this is what happened. You know, next time, tackle me. Next time I open my mouth, tackle me. And we're going to direct people to the benevolent. See, we need each other. My gift of compassion needs to be kept in check by the gift of discernment. Right? And so so that's, that's 1 Corinthians 12 come to life in the movie, The Incredibles. That's the body of Christ working together to exercise our gifts that God has called us to. So I want to close with a slide that we've been seeing, you know, a few times tonight and go back to the original question for tonight, which is this. Which one of those most represents how you're living life today? Is it the safe, boring, nine-to-five or housewife role that lacks excitement and purpose? Or is it that just adventure of living life led by the Holy Spirit? If, if you're Bob Parr, insurance guy, pushing papers, logging on, logging off, wondering what your purpose in life is, I want to encourage you, if you're in Christ, to search for that gift that God has given you, that supernatural, superpower gift. And we want to come alongside you because that's our vision, to help you achieve it. If you're already living that life, You're like leaping over volcanoes and fighting robots and all kinds of stuff. Here's my question to you. Are you doing it alone? Because there are no lone wolf supers in the Christian faith. That's not what we're called. And so how can we come alongside you and encourage you and build you up in that way? Because that's what we want to do here at Alamo Snow. We want to make disciples who glorify God by pursuing his unique calling on their lives. Let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this time together this evening. God, I thank you for giving us eyes to see spiritual truths, biblical truths, in the form of cinema. God, I pray that you would just put a burning desire in each of our hearts to follow your Spirit, to walk, to be led by the Spirit every day. To pursue your calling on our lives, to live a life of adventure, to live a, to go out there and battle the enemy, and to do it not alone, but here with our church family. God, we thank you for the gift of your Son Jesus Christ and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.